Hi folks, it's Matt here. I just wanted to let you know in advance that this week's episode is hampered by dog-related issues. So for about the first half of this episode, there's a little bit of disturbance where you can maybe hear David's dog making noise in the background. Hopefully it won't hamper your enjoyment of the show. And if it does, we don't really care because that dog is great. Here we go. Welcome to Neither the Time Nor the Space, a podcast about Doctor Who, the Sarah Jane Adventures, and still somehow Torchwood. My name is David, and as always, I am joined by the familiar Matt. Hello there. Hello, Matt. So, uh, another couple of weeks, another couple of episodes of Torchwood, Mm. but... We have been forced to watch. What have we got today? Adam and I Reese. I say forced. Forced by ourselves. Those are the ones we're tackling. Yes. Mm. Um, so I shall get your thoughts on them in due course. But let's talk about literally anything else for a bit first, shall we? Yeah. How have you been, Matt? Yeah, We're, we're coming bad. to the close on a bank holiday weekend. Yeah, it's been warm, hasn't it, this week? It has. It has indeed. Um, but I, I, Did you do anything special for the bank holiday? No, the problem is, I think I mentioned it last time we were recording, um, I had to put some new tyres on my car this month, so I'm a little bit strapped for cash. Uh, so what sensible yeah. money I should have put towards food and things. I bought the new Zelda game. Um, uh-huh. So I, I've been living off, like, poverty teas this week. My entire food shop for the week cost me, like, <laughs> £20. Impressive work. Yeah, like, you know, you know when you go to Tesco and you can get a nice pizza for about four or five quid? It turns mm-hmm. out you can also buy five pizzas at £1 each. So I've been eating a lot of low-quality pizzas. <laughs> um, rice, a lot of microwave rice. Yeah. Just... Mm. I've had to and when the, we get to meal the of the week. Thing about... I've had to put like yeah. taste and flavour to one side in place of sustenance. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say as well. The great thing about um, when you're living like that and eating that kind of food is that there are absolutely no health consequences. <laughs> yeah, there there is that. Yeah, I mean my salt levels are probably <laughs> through the roof. Um, like I, yeah. I went to Tesco. I, 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 I went to Tesco I'll yesterday. Be honest. Like it's it's payday yeah. tomorrow. I'm really down to like mm-hmm. my last ten pounds for the month, and I went to Tesco yesterday and just bought two bananas, and oh, it was bliss. Might be my <laughs> meal of the fortnight. Just two bananas. <laughs> oh, little tease, listeners. Little tease. Mm. Um. Well, um, I'm 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 sorry to hear that, but also not sorry because you're playing the new Zelda and I'm not, and I'm jealous of that. So, oh, it's so good, you know, David. I beat the isn't first it? temple today. Oh, uh, I've man. had it for weeks, but I've just been going around 
completing shrines, amassing hearts, to the point where I think I'm the true terror in mm-hmm. Hyrule. Um, you know, I, I just, <laughs> I, I've just been doing what I want, just fusing people to wood boards and rocketing them across the map. I mean, somebody's got to do it. Exactly. And if not me... They're not, not going to do it themselves, are they? No. But I, yeah. I, I, I know we're both fans of Breath of the Wild, but oh my God, this is so much more. Really? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll be honest, I've been trying to avoid spoilers to a large extent because, you know... I. As you've alluded to, I'm I'm firmly of the opinion that Breath of the Wild was the greatest video game of all time. So when people tell me Tears of the Kingdom is somehow an improvement on that, I'm my brain cannot even begin to fathom how that could be the case. And I'm quite excited to learn for myself how they've managed that. I, I don't suppose so, this is any major yeah. spoiler, but it's got subterranean baboons. Mm. I mean, okay, Entire fair enough. colonies of baboons <laughs> living under the ground. Yeah, certainly Breath of the Wild, as far as I recall, did not feature subterranean baboons, so that's definitely a point in Tears of the Kingdom's favour. Um, but anyway, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you're having a time, at least, yeah. <laughs> you know. I don't, I haven't really done a great deal else. Like I say, it's been the last week of the school mm. term, so I've really been like busting a gut with work, coming home, eating low-grade pizzas, and yeah. going to bed. It's yeah, it's a life. It's isn't a, it? it's what being a grown-up's all about. Um, what about you? How's well, your week? I, I shall try not. To... Mm. Well, I'll I'll try not to rub it in too much, but um, I had a proper day out yesterday. Which was very nice. Where did you go? Um, Please tell me there was some standing stones involved. Uh, sadly, not. It wasn't. It wasn't um, um, a, a treat specifically for me. The, the ostensible reason for the for the day out was to meet up with uh, my partner's folks because her mum turned sixty. Um, just a couple of days ago, um, so it birthday, was uh, in let's, order let's to be dedicate beque- this podcast. Yeah, to your partner's mum. To my partner's mum. Yeah, yeah, she's a lovely lady. Yeah. So you know, it seems perfectly reasonable. Um, she, uh, um, yeah. So we we were there to bequeath a gift um, to her. Was it a um, copy of the new Zelda game? The queen's not quite the word, is it? Yeah. But uh, sadly not. No. Oh, to be fair, I, d- I don't think she would have really gotten into it, to be honest. Not much of a video game player, um, that lady. Um, but we decided we'd, do, we, we'd go somewhere nice and that was roughly equidistant uh, for both of us. So we went to uh, Jarrow Hall. Okay. Which yeah. is... Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with it. It's, up it's a northeast way, attraction. It? Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's uh, yeah, it's sort of Teesside, that 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 neck of the woods, and um, it's it it, ha, it it's the main feature is a sort of a t- vague attempt at a recreation of an Anglo-Saxon farming community. 
So you've got a few thatched huts. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got some slightly rare breed sheep and, and goats and, and pigs and what have you. Um, uh, but also on that day, they were having a little folk festival. So, uh, we got to we got to wander around in the sunshine, enjoying uh, the the weird old huts, enjoying the folk music, enjoying the animals, and uh, the the icing on the cake was in the main hut. They had a nice roaring fire going, and uh, late in the afternoon they had a a fantastic storyteller who came and did just an hour of uh, proper rip-roaring folk tales and seemed to be taking uh, great delight in trying to freak out our four-year-old son (laughs) with very vivid depictions of monsters, not knowing, of course, that uh, our son is obsessed with monsters. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, so, yeah, he had a great time. Uh, it was it was really good. It was really good, and uh, yeah, it's uh, it's not every day I get a day out. So it's nice. Um, so where do you want to go from here, Matt? Do you want to talk about music or do you want to talk about food? We've we've, we've alluded to to your food situation already. Yeah, but... I mean, last time we recorded, we said we were going to do a soft reboot and explain every facet of our show, and I think we've already forgotten that. Um, oh, I, so I completely had. we do Meal of the Fortnight, where we talk about the best meal of the last fortnight? Yes, let's do it. Uh, do you want to go first? Uh, yes, yeah, I can do. I mean, it ties straight in, uh, because um, on, on our day out yesterday, on the way back... Um, sorry, I'm just trying... Wait for this dog to settle down again. Mossy. There you go. Shush, please. Thank you. There we go. That's fine. Right. Um, so, yeah, on the way back yesterday, uh, we decided we'd uh, we'd stop off for what I believe the youths like to call a cheeky Nando's. Oh, OK. Here's yeah. two parts of the yeah. Venn diagram Nando's I didn't are... think would intersect. Um, yeah, it's been a while since the last had a Nando's. Um, Talk me through your order. What what temperature are we going for starters? Sorry, one second. Just reeling this dog in. There we go. Um, so uh, temperature wise, um, a medium because you know I'm 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 not I'm not out to prove anything to anyone. I know what I enjoy. Okay. Which is things that are, you know, somewhat spicy, but not so spicy that uh, that becomes the overwhelming factor yeah. in proceedings. Um, but yeah, so that was nice. I went with a um, a bean burger that they do that I don't think I've ever had before, and I'm going to be honest, it was bloody great. It was, you know, bean burgers can be. Uh, more often than not, pretty mediocre. Mm-hmm. You know, because at the end of the day, in most cases, it's it's some mushed up beans. But it had a good consistency, good sort of variety of ingredients. It was really well spiced, had a little bit of cheese in there, which actually, you know, 
gave it a bit more sort of flavour and body. And it worked really well as a sort of uh, flavour conduit for the uh, iconic Nando sauce. So was that um, in a bun, in a wrap, in a pitta? What are we talking? It was... It was it was in a bun. It was it was I guess it was like one of those Portuguese rolls that they have, you know, sort of sort of slightly tapered ends, quite crusty. Uh, so not a typical burger bun, uh, which I think very much worked in its favour because obviously, especially with a bean burger, fairly kind of wet, especially when you got a load of salad and stuff in there as well. So I think a sort of a, a spongy burger bun would have just soaked it up too much and it, the whole thing would have just ended up being like a pile of mush. But, um, yeah, no, it, it was it was really nice. And I got a couple of sides with that. I got myself some rainbow slaw okay. because, you know, I'm going to be honest, you know, I'm, I'm 36 years old, Matt. I'll be 37 later this year. And, um, you know... I don't mind admitting it. I like coleslaw sometimes. I, I think I've said before, I think coleslaw's one of the best foods. Yeah. It, it I don't improves know. It's everything just like, you add it to. Yeah. I, you know, the, it's... It's um, it, it's it was a good way to, to kind of add a bit of variety to the plate, I felt. Uh, and, of course, my, my other side was um, peri-peri chips. Lovely. Because, my God, the the peri peri salt uh, salt that they put on those chips. If I had that in the cupboard at home, I'd be putting it on everything. David, can I blow your mind? I've got some yeah. in my cupboard. They sell it in Tesco. And do you put it on everything? Uh, I had chips today, and I did not put peri peri mm-hmm. salt on them because I had pie pie and chips. Nah, missed a trick there. Peri peri chips I, I, and I'd be put- chicken and vegetable pie. No, wouldn't work. Yeah, but I'd be putting it on my shreddies in the morning if I could. Wow, <laughs> I, it's that so good. Did you go for any um, additional sauces? Any perinés? Any chili jam? Uh, I didn't know to be honest. Um, the I mean the burger had lemon and herb in it. Um, in addition to I think it was, they got a lemon and herb mayo, which is sort of slightly different to the... the Here, know, here's my little Nando's bottles, hack. But... As a mm-hmm. side, get the garlic bread, which is one of those port- uh, Portuguese yeah. rolls. Get some chilli jam. Basically have jam on toast, but savoury. Oh, my word, it works beautifully. Uh, I can imagine. That sounds great. Yeah, That does. Yeah. What about you then, Matt? What was your meal of the fortnight? Right, so, Friday evening. Lovely warm day. Mm-hmm. Drove out to the coast. Beautiful seafront views. You know, blue sky, blue seas. Just that northern coast air. Battered sausage chips, curry sauce, can of pop. Oh, my God. Yeah. Okay. Fair dues. Honestly, just... Can't argue with that. Everything was as I wanted it. Mm -hmm. Uh, We might as well go into specifics. What kind of pop are we talking? Uh, Well, I did want a dandelion and burdock, which they didn't have. So I went fat Mm. fruit twist. 
my my partner would be furious. She, she's uh, dandelion burdock is always her go to. Uh, it is uh, for me with if she's getting something for the chippy. Yeah. yeah, you have to have dandelion burdock. Failing that, shandy bass, but they didn't have that either. Mm. Disappointing. Yeah. And it was too hot for a pot of tea. So. Yeah. Now, I, personally, I always just go Diet Coke. I know that's boring, but um, I'm not a dandelion and burdock chap. Oh, really? It Never got into it. Uh, no. It's one of those old-fashioned drinks that is just divine. Though, the weirdly, I, I've discovered that I really like root beer. Do you know what? So have I. Um, After Married to mm. Who sent us some, and I was like, yeah, that's nice. And I was at my partner's house the other day and her mum mm-hmm. and dad had done an online shop. And you know where if they don't have certain items, they get replaced. So yeah. they'd ordered some Bundaberg ginger beer and it wasn't there. So it got replaced with uh, root beer, which they don't like. Mm. So I had it. Yeah, fair dues. Yeah. No, root beer's good. What are your thoughts on Vimto? Um, as a drink, it's not what I gravitate towards. But I had a phase when I was... <laughs> you know, I would have been in my teens, so too old to be buying lollipops. But I got really addicted to Vimto lollipops for a couple of years. Oh, really? There was one, there was one particular corner shop near me that sold them. And, uh, I, I mean, I, I would have spent far too much money on those things. <laughs> if you totaled it up, you know, it was only what, I don't know, would have been like 15 pence a throw at the time. But, you know, over the course of a couple of years, that would add up. Ah, Capri Sun overrated. Must be. I'm just going through weird drinks. Just. Uh, no, I don't think Capri Sun is overrated. Because, one, I think by sort of... I mean, it's orange squash, isn't it? But by orange squash standards, it's very nice. And you also have the added novelty that it comes in a little shiny foil packet, like space food. Mm. So you can just uh, pretend you're an astronaut whilst you're drinking it. Any other obscure drinks you want to talk about before we move on? Hmm... Uh, Bovril. Bovril as a drink. Um, I've had it a few times at the football. Don't mind it. It's basically like really weak soup, isn't it? It's like a broth type thing. <laughs> it's just gravy. You're just drinking gravy. Yeah. <laughs> Today, That's when I had the aforementioned pie and chips, I did also make about a pint mm. of gravy. Mm. Well, needs must. Um, excellent. Well then, uh, shall we move on to our other beloved segment? Yes, which we haven't used its title <laughs> since its inception. It's called That's B-Size The Point, where we just talk about what music mm. we've been listening to. So David, what you've been listening to? Okay, I, I think I've got a good one for you this week, Matt. Um, Often, I, you know, I know you don't follow up on my recommendations on this because, you know, I'm usually talking about some sort of, like, you know, weird Indonesian Not, jazz Normally, group. the only time I think about <laughs> or them is when I'm in the pub and my friends or partner yeah. will be like, are you all right? You've been really distant this evening. And in my head, I'll just be going, but they've invented 
They did their own language. Like, <laughs> it's jazz, but in an alien's tongue. And I just go, yeah, I'm fine. I'm certain they think I'm like <laughs> hooked on meth or something in my spare time. Uh, uh, one of these days I'm going to get you to listen to some magma. Matt, just just to get your take on it. Um, but anyway, this week, um, I think, Matt, uh, I think you might like this band. I've been, I discovered them, oh, sorry. Um, I discovered them, oh, sorry. Uh, let me see if I can sort this down. One second. Apologies if there's now going to be horrible slorping noises in the background. Um, okay, so <clears throat> discovered a new band for me. Uh, this. Uh, oh, sorry. Just press something on my phone that I didn't mean to. Um, I discovered a new band this week uh, that. Um, yeah, I think they've been around for a couple of years, maybe. Um, they've got two EPs out that I've been absolutely hammering on Spotify. Um, and they're called Keg. Okay. The British band. Um, <clears throat> they remind me a little bit of an obscure 80s post-punk band called Stump. Um, in that they, they have a sound that's sort of quite punky, but also quite wonky and strange and tongue-in-cheek and absurdist. That obscure? Everyone loves a bit of stump, don't oh. they? Isn't that like a popular first dance <laughs> well, at a wedding? Ah, oh, can you can, can you put oh, stump yeah. on? Everyone's things? grooving to. Yeah, yeah. Everybody loves a bit, you know, cranking up uh, Buffalo by Stump. Maybe Charlton Heston with it, with its fantastic lyric. Charlton Heston put his vest on. But did he? Um, yeah. <laughs> Uh, honestly, Stump's great. You'd also enjoy Stump, I think, Matt, if you if you were in the right frame of mind for it. Um, but I'm specifically going to suggest, and, and this is for you, this isn't for anyone else. I don't care if anyone else watches this, Matt, but I want you, when we're done recording, to go on YouTube and watch uh, Keg's video for the song Kids. Okay. Um, which is basically, uh, musically, I don't know whether you'll like it, you might find it a, a little bit too, a little bit too off kilter. You might not. Depends on your mood. Um, but lyrically, it's just a bloke uh, complaining about his horrible, spoiled middle class kids for three minutes. Uh, I might send it to my brother. Um, yeah, and it's it's very funny. Um, I would also recommend their song "Elephant," which also has a good video. Um, with very sort of Vic and Bob type type aesthetics, All right. if you like, very sort of like weird homemade props. Their lead singer is bald and spends most of the video pretending to be a hard boiled egg. Great, <laughs> they're a good band. Cool. They're a lot of fun. Um, if you like that sort of thing, what about you, Matt? So, as I mentioned, went to the seaside on Friday. Uh, went with my good friend Jimbo. Uh, you might remember him from my Manchester adventure. Um, so we went mm -hmm. to Bridlington. That's that way near where he lives. 
And he sent me a text in the week just saying, do you want to come through? There's live music and, you know, we'll have a drink or two, have a dance, you know. And last week of term, I really fancied it. Um, so I'm going to recommend the band, David. It's a little band that you, you might not be familiar with. Uh, mm-hmm. Because after 10 years, I went to Pulp's reunion gig. Oh, um, that, Pulp, that, they do ring vague bells. Yeah, you know how for Is the that, four um, years we've done this podcast, oh, what's the I've name? been like, oh, I really want to go see Pulp, yeah. but uh, they're probably not doing any shows ever yeah. again. Yeah. I'm trying to... Yeah, the lead singer was it. Um, Jarvis Cocker. Jer- Jer- oh, I was going to say Jeremy uh, I was going to say Jeremy Cockrell. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> but oh well. Anyway, um, but yeah, um, were they good? Be under no illusions, David. This is immediately one of the greatest gigs I've ever been to. Well, there we go. Um, I'm just sending you a picture um, from the gig. Now you'll notice there's an arrow on the picture. I just want you to zoom in under where the arrow's pointing. I shall do my level best. Hang on. Now, obviously, you've stated in the past you're visually impaired, so this may not be the I am. best exercise. <laughs> okay, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm assuming that's where you were. If you zoom right in, you can see me yeah. at the very front of this pulp gig. Honestly... It it was Excellent. amazing, and in fact, I thought of you when we mm. were there because we we were in the queue, and I thought, oh, I'll check who the support act is, and yeah, I think when they're playing in London, there's a band called Wet Leg that I think the kids all like these days that are supporting. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I watched I watched Wet Leg's Glastonbury performance last year to try try and see what all the fuss was about. And I'll be honest, I was left distinctly underwhelmed. Yeah. Well, when we were there, I was like, oh, it's, I can't even remember the girl's name. Let's say she's called Jenny Smith. I, I, I forget her name alludes me. Mm-hmm. But anyway, as we were stood waiting, out of nowhere, this girl walks on stage. And the whole venue just assumed it was one of the technicians because she had no instruments or anything. <laughs> so, so it was... It was so heartbreaking because there was no applause when she came on stage because <laughs> n- nobody really knew what was going on. Um, yeah, you got to give people a clue in these circumstances, yeah. haven't and then you? She came out and she was a young girl, I'd say mid 20s, maybe early 20s. Mm-hmm. And she just said, Hello, I'm Jenny Smith, and I'm going to sing some uh, regional working songs from coal mining settlements across the country. <laughs> Great. And again, everyone was like, I'm on board. is this an ironic joke? And then she just, totally a cappella, was just like going, well, I've been down the pit all day and I come home and I <laughs> my bread. And, like, all, all I thought was, I know of exactly one person in the world who'd enjoy this, and I'd do a podcast with him. <laughs> you are entirely correct. Like Matt. there was absolute silence correct. while she was doing it. And it was like everybody, no, like 
you know, I don't think you should ever question whether something is art. <laughs> but like, I was just there, just like, mm-hmm. what, what is this? And then thankfully, one of the people next to us went, what, what is going on? I don't really get this. And thankfully, the whole room sighed at that point. I went, oh, thank God. I thought it was just me. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I'll be honest, as a supporter of a pulp, I think that's perhaps it, a touch misguided. Yeah, it's not what I was there for, but then, yeah. honestly, I, I cannot stress this enough. Like, when when Jarvis came on stage, so they opened with a song called I Spy, which is okay, it's one of their alright songs, but then immediately into mm-hmm. Disco 2000 and... I think they need to check the foundations of that building, because it, it was <laughs> it was absolutely bouncing. Uh, I've not mm. been to a gig with such an atmosphere in in some time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's nice. Yeah, and like I say, it's a bit of a bucket list thing. They were always my favourite, like nineties yeah. Britpop pop <clears throat> band. They haven't played together in over 10 years. The bass player died. So I was just like, right, no opportunity. And then when they announced tickets, they were going for scalper price. So 200, 300 pounds a ticket, which which, in fairness, I would have paid. But then um, my friend's wife is headmistress of like an academy chain of schools. And Mm -hmm. she got a phone call from a parent saying, hello, um, I need to speak to you in the next 10 minutes. If you can't ring me in 10 minutes, don't worry about it. Which obviously gets your alarm bells ringing, working in a school. So uh-huh. she rang this parent immediately. Yeah, and she was like, look, I heard you mentioning in the uh, playground you wanted pulp tickets for your husband. Um, I've got a couple, the yours, but like, because <laughs> they're so in demand, you have 10 minutes to make your mind up. So I found out oh, I was going word. on Thursday night. Uh, got to work at six in the morning, worked a full day, drove to Bridlington, went to this gig, then drove home. <laughs> so I had the same pair of socks on from half five in the morning till one in the following morning. They 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 basically walked Jeez. off my feet. <laughs> and when I got to work, yeah, but you got... I, I was totally honest mm-hmm. and I said, look, guys, um, if there's any chance I can nip out 20 minutes early. I'm going, like, uh, it would really help me. I'm going out tonight, I explained. Mm-hmm. And then everything at work went wrong. Oh, uh, yeah, guaranteed to happen, isn't it? Yeah, so, late yeah. getaway. But hey, I mean, it's, it, it, even if it was high pressure, you know, or, or awkward log- logistics-wise, it's, you know... There's nothing like uh, ticking a bucket list band. Exactly, exactly. Right. So I I remember I remember what the the obviously unfortunately more obscure. I and to be clear, I don't do this because I think I'm cooler than everyone else. I just have very weird specific taste in music. I I you know I'm the anomaly here. I I don't think I'm better than other people because I I I. I'm, um, have weird taste in music. Anyway, a, bit. Um, a couple of weeks ago, you specifically said your pick was better than mine. <laughs> Tongue was firmly in cheek. Mm. There. Anyway, um, 
the the one that immediately springs to mind for me was uh, my, my one of my all time favorite bands, Gentle Giant. I've talked about them on the pod before. Um, They're not that obscure, just though. didn't they do Top of the Pops? <laughs> I'm certain I, I remember seeing them Sadly on SMTV not. with Ant and Deck. They did do a they did do a BBC Sight and Sound concert in um, 1978. Ah, uh, that must uh, be what I was which, thinking. Which you know, yes, yeah. yeah, or maybe the 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 German state broadcaster ZDF. Um, they did a they did a film concert for them in I think it was seventy five, seventy six. Yeah, that, it was that, that's, around that's the, the time one. of the release now of the Power of the it, Glory. That's the one. It, yeah, I'm forever watching yeah. German yeah. broadcasts of uh, Gentle Giant on YouTube. <laughs> Yeah, I genuinely am. <laughs> but anyway, um, I I never thought I would hear anyone playing that music live because it is fairly obscure and it's also some of the most incredibly technically demanding music imaginable. Like, you've got... It's just you have to be an insanely skilled musician, musician to even be in with a shot of... of playing it um and so i thought it would never happen uh but the guitarist uh and and one of their original drummers they they went through a couple of drummers early on but um the one that played on uh their second and third albums um and their original keyboardist basically got together and with, with some other musicians to form not a full reunion of Gentle Giant. They didn't call themselves Gentle Giant, but but uh, they took their name from their third album, Three Friends, and called themselves Three Friends. And, and it was just basically an excuse for them to get together and just play this music one more time. Um, and when they announced their first show doing that, I was like, I don't care where it is, I am going. Uh, it ended up being... Um, oh, God, what was the name of the place? I'm trying to remember. BBC Television was Studios it? for uh, Top of the Pops. <laughs> it was some like um, seaside town in the southeast. Okay. Um, it you know just middle of nowhere basically, um, and, and a long way away for me in terms of having to travel. Um, and at the time, you know, I really didn't have enough money. I couldn't, I couldn't really afford it. it, it ba- I basically bankrupted myself for two months in terms of the travel costs and the overnight stay to go and see this one gig. But, but it um, really wasn't worth I, it, was I, it? I remember you saying, <laughs> a bitter disappointment, you know, you'd rather have the cash in your pocket. Yeah. Um, no, I cried. I cried. I, I really. Did. I'm not above was... saying I cried. At I, pulp. And... Like yeah, I I, I, I just I genuinely you, just thought you... if I could go back in time and tell 18 year old me that that happened, yeah, it'd be yeah yeah. I mean, in in my case, it was like it was at this but this band, they're all retired. You know, none of them were active in music anymore. Really, they. The band itself, Gentle Giant, they called it a day in 1980. You know, six years before I was born, they were done. <laughs> I never thought I would hear this music being played. And then to suddenly be in the room, yeah. 
seeing some of those original musicians bringing that music to life. I thought we'd banish Gentle Giant from this world. (laughs) Like the Dark Lord Um, But Anyway, yeah. Right. Anyway, Anyway, if we're still doing the uh, reminding people of little bits, that's the bit where David talks about music for far longer than anyone wants him to. Right. Shall we move into listening tweets? You are responsible for that. (laughs) Yeah, go on. Right. Now, listener tweets is the segment of the show where we read tweets from listeners. Uh, Do you want me to start at the top of the list and work down or bottom of the list and work up, David? Let's do um, top down. Top down, right. First question is from the most beautiful man in all of podcasting, Mr. Mark Cochran from the All Intelligence Space podcast, who says, David, are you a Dapper Dan man? Oh, um, I, I, I guess not, because I don't really know what that means. Um, should I? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's just a yes or no question, and you've said no. I mean, I'd say no. Okay. What about a further question from Mark, who says, are you regretting your decision to venture so deep into Torchwood? I don't know. That's a hard one to answer. Um, in fact, I mean, to be clear... I'm going to link that to a question from Marty McLean. Hit the music. Marty, Marty, Marty. Marty, 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 Marty. M-A-R-T-Y. M-A-R-T-Y. Marty, 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 Marty. Marty. Marty, 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 Marty. And Marty says, has season two been an improvement for you? Um... I, I can answer that one much more easily. No, no, it's not. It is. It feels every bit as bad as uh, series one. Would you agree with that, Matt? Yeah, but in a different way. Series one is just outright bad. Series two. Yeah. Starts every episode with quite high concept sci-fi, and it's mm. the hope that kills you. You think. Oh, maybe this is the one. <laughs> and it, it's just yes. kicking the bollocks <laughs> every week. It never is. Yeah, no, I know exactly what you mean. I think series one, you can feel you can feel that they're flailing around trying to figure out what the hell this show is. Mm. Series two, it's like, ha, we got it sussed. We know what, what a good Torchwood episode is like. So that it... It's much more consistent, but unfortunately, what they've hit upon is pretty shit. So it's instead of being haphazardly, wildly, unpredictably shit, series two is just very predictably mediocre every episode. It's I, I, I'm going to use a meme to describe series two. I don't know if you've ever seen this video, David, but it, it's footage of a Beyonce concert where she's down at the front of the stage singing into the crowd and there's a young girl who's in tears again nothing beats live music and Beyonce hands Mm -hmm. the girl the microphone 
and you can tell the girl thinks this is it this is my moment uh, you know I'm going to duet with Beyonce and then she just screams <laughs> and that is every episode of Talk. I haven't seen it every episode I'm like yeah. this is it we're going to get a good one now and then it's just screaming yeah yeah it's it's weird isn't it it's it, it, it genuinely it, it perplexes me it puzzles me how it can be that, that, that the show is yeah just or just on it on every level I'm, I'm 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 kind of fascinated by how bad it is if that makes sense um but so yeah um I don't, I think I don't regret doing this because it's good to have, it's good to know, right? Yeah. When, when you, when, when you're as obsessed with Doctor Who as I am. Well, as, like as it or not, we are, to, come on, come on. Oh, as we are, yeah. You're, you're there now, you're a fan. Um, when, when, when you're that obsessed, you... And Torchwood is such this looming factor in the show's history at this point. You, you kind of, you have to investigate it. Um, but no, I'm not enjoying it. I'm not enjoying having to watch Torchwood every week. Um, there's a question from James Courtney. It's aimed at me, but you can answer it as well, David. What do you think of Murray Gold I'll give it a go. to Depp? Doctor Who. Very disappointed. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought that. First of all, you, I was like, I don't really care. And then I remembered the only bit of Doctor Who music I like is Bill's theme. And then I remembered that's not Murray mm. Gold. So, nah. Oh, no. No, that that is Murray Gold. Oh, is it? Murray Gold stayed on, stayed on for the duration What's of the, the Moffat era. Sega Master no, System. Sega, Sega Nakanola. That's the one. Um, he no, he came on board for uh, Chibnall. Oh, right. In that case, yeah, good news. So, Welcome back, Murray. More of the same, please. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I. It's not that I dislike Murray Gold's music, but you know, I said this before. I've I've got general misgivings about this whole uh, shift towards. Um, just kind of like bringing all of the RTD era uh, production people back. Um, I tell you what, if if when they announce the writers for series fourteen, if every single writer is like a name that's already written for the show under RTD, I'm gonna be fuming. But what if it's really good? I'm going to be... Out. What if it is objectively <laughs> the best ever Doctor Who, but you can't accept that? You're not allowed to admit it. No, no, no. I, you know what? I will. I I, I, I will gladly. I, I always want this show to be good. Every single episode, I want it to be good. Um, but Are you talking me, about Doctor Who or our into... podcast there? Every week, I just want oh, it to Doctor be Who. good. It yeah. never is. Yeah, no, no. I, 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 I've 
long ago uh, given up any 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 pretense that this is anything other than a fairly mediocre podcast that's just an excuse for us to have a chin wag. Um, but yeah, no, look, I, 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 just for me, one of the things that I adore about Doctor Who is its propensity for change. The fact that it's always shifting and reinventing itself. And and I will admit, obviously, this new era of RTD, it's not going to be a carbon copy of what we've had before. It will be a reinvention. But I would so much have preferred it if we had another new showrunner coming in, putting their own stamp. Whereas instead, what we've got is... A returning showrunner, returning producers, returning composer. It all just feels like the show... I worry that it's the show eating itself. Mm-hmm. Um, or that it's going to... We, there is already a contingent of people for whom Doctor Who basically consists of... Um, you know, one okay season with Christopher Eccleston, then three magnificent, unimpeachable seasons with David Tennant, and then it's downhill, and you can basically ignore the rest of it. You know, people for whom these are, you know, RTD purists. Um, and Doctor Who is so much more than that. And I really worry that if, if, <laughs> if RTD comes back and it's suddenly stratospherically popular like it was under Tennant, which I think it is very likely that it will be because, you know, he's got an incredibly charismatic um, new lead in the form of Shooter Gatwa with an already built-in fan base, which is very canny casting. Um, and also they've got the uh, global distribution deal with Disney+. Plus. So, you know, I no no slight on RTD. I think he's he's positioned them very cleverly to take center stage again in a way that Doctor Who has not been able to do in recent years. Mm-hmm. Um, which is good. You know, it's good for the longevity of the show. I want more people to discover Doctor Who. That's great, but I worry that there will be people who take it as evidence that RTD is the only one with a correct vision for Doctor Who. Whereas I feel very strongly that there is no correct vision. There is no perfect formula for Doctor Who. And the show is at its best when it is collaborative and idiosyncratic and ever-evolving. So, uh, yeah. I think next time I might caveat that all listener questions have to be yes or no answers. <laughs> That's probably wise. Right. We've got two more questions. Don't worry, Matt. I've got... it's, it's okay. I've got fuck all to say about this episode of Torchwood. Um, who do you want the next question from? James Swift or Sonia? Let's have Sonia. Uh, so Sonia says, if you're playing yourself in a movie, what's the music that plays when you first come on screen? <laughs> uh, 
I don't know. Have you got a good answer for that, Matt? I might have to um, think about I that. I thought of the music that they used to put on Shooting Stars when Bob Mortimer used to walk around like an old man. That's like simple banjo music. Let me have a think. Music. Well, I was thinking on the very similar lines. I was thinking the Steptoe and Son theme. Yeah, let's just go for that as ours collective. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah. You know, it, it's very representative of our relationship, I feel. <laughs> yeah. Very much so. Final question this week then comes from James Swifty Swift, who simply says, "What's your favourite po- uh, segment you've ever done for the podcast?" Um, it's really big quiz, right? Uh, mine's actually this very question from James Swift. Ah, we've peaked now, yeah, have we? Top of the mountain. Uh, really big quiz is there. Good. We go. Um, I really enjoyed the A to Z. If nothing else, oh, that, was that, that gave last year's episodes a bit of direction that we're sorely missing at the moment. You know, <laughs> you know like every week we had a pr- bit of a plan. Um, everyone likes Meal of the Week, Let's... except us. <laughs> I can't really remember. Have yeah. I got news for... Have I got Who's for You was okay. Would I lie to who? I enjoyed that right? one. Um, I liked Letters Letters. I thought that was quite good. But the thing is, as I say, every January, wipe the slate clean. Yeah, got to be done. Like, in fact, that is my favourite podcast segment. What, when we when we jettison all of the previous year's podcast New, segments? New Year's Eve, when everyone's singing Old Lang Syne and, like, shaking hands, smiling and crying. Again, nobody knows on the inside. I'm just going, yes, that's meal of the week gone for another year. Big handshakes, <laughs> big powerful smiles, just going, yes, no more letters, letters. Yeah, in fact, so I'm going with that as my answer. My my favourite okay, segment good, good is answer. getting rid of segments. Great. Weirdly, the ones we do, like, so, some of them just don't have any following, do they? Like, when we got rid of Meal of the Week, bloody Marie Boudreau was emailing me every week, just going, when's that coming back? <laughs> no, no one's pining for, you know, would I lie to who? That's true. That's true. It's got no following, has it? No. You know. Yeah. Difficult second album, if you ask me. Maybe. You know. Right, Matt. I think the time has come then. Let's talk about Torchwood briefly I'm, and then go away. I'm just going to open the block. <laughs> for another fortnight. Weirdly, it's got really dark in here. And it's actually still yeah, light no worries. inside. Uh, I've opened the blinds. It's not made any it's fine it's fine right should we start with adam since that's the order the episodes are in yeah 
Okay. Yeah. So, this is episode five of season two. Mm-hmm. Oh, I should have said my favourite segment is when we talk about Bernice Summerfield. Ah, uh, you should have. Too late now. Yeah. Anyway, we don't have time this week. I've, t- I've talked about General Giant for too long. Yeah, yeah. There's another joke that seemingly has no following. I don't think anyone enjoys that. But... It's, yeah, that's just for us, isn't it? It's here, it's here to stay. Right. Um, yeah. So, from the 13th of February, 2008, this episode is written by Catherine Trigana and directed by Andy Goddard. David, what are your thoughts? Mm. Um, Buffy managed to get an entire series arc out of this concept. Mm-hmm. Torchwood struggles to get one one coherent episode out of it. I, what, what what did we talk about last time? It's that good. It's had no lasting memory on me. Was it to the last man? Maybe. Hold on. Yeah. Let me just go back. So yeah. Was it sleep? Last. Oh, it was. I think when we talked about sleeper, it might have been. And I'm going to say right, the same yeah. thing. This episode is not good. But it might be the best Torchwood so far. It really at the halfway point of this episode, I thought, okay, this this has potential here. But by the end of the episode, I was like, nah, I hate this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I hate this. Big old swing and a miss for me. The first five <laughs> ten minutes. Yeah. I thought, oh, this is really clever. This is really clever. Yeah. But it's that fine line between genius and insanity, isn't it? And mm. the secret third option, genius, insanity, and just dog shit. And this this uh, yeah. for that one this week. So. Can I check, Matt? Are you are you familiar with the with the butty with <laughs> butty uh, Buffy uh, arc that I am referring to? Yeah. Um. It is a better execution of this concept, isn't it? Yeah, and actually, a butty it's... would have been a better execution of this concept. <laughs> like, yeah, like has has that sandwich been here the whole time? I don't, I don't remember making a, I don't remember making a sandwich, but that sandwich is here. I'm gonna eat it now. It's here. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway. Uh, let's let's rattle through this one, then we can move on. All right. It opens with Gwen and Reese messing about, and a suit. It goes on for about five seconds, then it just cuts away. And I was just like, "Okay, yeah. great." Uh, then we meet the aforementioned Adam, who's worked at Torchwood for three yeah. years, but Gwen doesn't yeah. remember him. Yeah, I I will say, good casting on Adam, in that that guy's face is so untrustworthy. Oh yeah, his little beady eyes. Like (laughs) right from the off, he's just like, oh no, I'm. This is a shifty bastard. He's got the tiny black eyes of a crab. (laughs) (laughs) So. Adam creates memories of himself for Gwen, then tampers with his personnel yeah. file 
and makes Tosh love him. Um, yeah. Jack sees the child from earlier in the series, Grey. And yeah. when she returns home from a hard day at work, Gwen's forgotten who Reese is. She thinks there's an intruder in the house. So she calls Torchwood. Jack confirms who Reese is when he just. Like, everything's so dramatic. Yeah. Like, she says, Oh, um, there's a man in my flat, right? She's a trained agent. She'd probably handle herself. <laughs> but I don't think, if. I'm not familiar of any instances where there's an intruder in someone's home. And the best course of action is to kick the front door in and go, we're here. You know, <laughs> you know all, all that happens in that yeah. scenario is that we're here is followed with a gunshot and a dead victim. Yeah. Uh, the other thing I wanted to mention is it, it, there's a shot. There is one specific shot where Jack is running yes, towards I wanted you to take the, lead the on building. This one. You raised this with it me earlier. It is. Anyway. I, I, it was. <laughs> I don't know whether it was just me or whether it just caught me at the right moment, but I swear, Matt, it is the funniest uh, man running with a gun footage I have ever seen in my life. He looks hilarious in it. He's doing this this ridiculous little trot. He's holding the, the gun up at the sky. Yeah. <laughs> He's got this, this, this sort of, you know... Um, Deadly serious expression on his face, and he and he and he does this little like hurdle jump at the end. I don't know what he's jumping over. It, it reminded me of <laughs> the exaggerated action run of Austin Powers. Yes, yeah, it's but it's being played deadly yeah, serious. There's here. no parody. Um. No, it's uh, it honestly. I I rewound it three times and spent like a solid two or three minutes just laughing my head off before I felt I calmed down enough to move on with the episode. Um, yeah, it really tickled me. Right. So, um, yeah, Jack confirms who Reese is. Uh, he says, "I'll stay here with Reese, Adam." Take Gwen back to HQ so we can do some checks on her. Where Owen is researching a wooden box. And in this sort of weird alternate memory reality, Owen's a bit of a nerd who loves Tosh. Um, yeah, yeah. It, it feels like Owen's basically had a complete personality transplant. Yeah, yeah. He's not... I don't want to say cool, because I don't think he's that cool a character, but, you know, no. he's not tough. He's um, not as the, hard yeah. as he is. Yeah, the, the, the Owen we know is confident. Whether or not he should be confident is open to debate, but he's a very self-assured character. Mm -hmm. Whereas, yeah, this, uh, this, this is, yeah, Owen is now suddenly this meek, mild-mannered nerd type. So, Gwen uh, goes home to Reese and immediately is it at this point they just start making love absolutely out of nowhere? 
She's like, I don't know uh, who possibly, I don't know who you are. Yeah. I don't know if I can trust you, but uh, you know, surely they've got another bed in the spare room. You'd think. You'd think. Um, I mean, I I don't know Reese's exact circumstances, but if I were him, like I know obviously it's a traumatic thing, but if your partner has suddenly basically lost all memory of you and feels threatened by your presence, the thing I would do is be like, okay, maybe, maybe I'll kip on a mate's uh, sofa for a couple of days, or if my parents are nearby, maybe I'll go and you know, spend a few days at home, give them a bit of space. Oh, no, not race. And obviously got keep in close contact. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, apparently, yeah. It, it, look, I want. I thought it was an interesting concept, that idea of, you know, you're engaged to someone, then all of a sudden one part, one party in that engagement suddenly loses all memory of the relationship. Mm-hmm. That that's to be honest, in the hands of a deft writer, that could be an episode in itself. But here, it's just an awkward addendum to this grander narrative. Which means that it 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 feels rather sort of bungled and rushed. Mm-hmm. Right. Um. So Jack starts seeing things whilst he's investigating, looking for a weevil. They're always looking for these bloody weevils. <sighs> They're really getting a lot of value out of that one mask and boiler suit yeah. that they have. Uh. But th- at that point, he just sees his dad. Yeah. In a needless story that nobody wants, we start seeing Jack's backstory yeah. in history. Yeah, it's like, did who was clamouring for flashbacks to Jack's childhood? I, I, I mean, I, I would hope that it's because it's going to play into some bigger series arc narrative that we've not, we're just scratching the surface of at the moment, but we are at the halfway point in this series mm-hmm. and it doesn't feel like, I, I didn't feel like that there was much that really felt noteworthy in this backstory. He gets separated from his father and he's sad about it. That's it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I haven't missed anything there. Yeah. Doesn't the thing is, yes, it's sad, but it doesn't explain yeah. his character, it doesn't explain why he's no. this like super confident, overtly sexual person. Yeah, you know, you're absolutely right with that, Matt. I think that's a really you important know, if, point. If, um, if you're gonna, if you're gonna introduce a whole load of backstory for a character, it should enhance or challenge in an interesting way your understanding of that character. Yeah. Like, if if it had explained that, I don't know, that something had led to him being this assertive, cocky leader, fine. Yeah. However, this is just, at one point in his life, he was sad. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, and it's not like we take for that, oh, so the Jack we know now, it's all kind of an act, masking that sadness or anything. It doesn't, we we don't get that even from it. It it really is just, you know, like, 
Yes, a sad thing happened to Jack at one point. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, let's crack on. Uh, at this point, Adam appears and, you know, yep. kind of sorts Jack out a bit. Gwen still forgets Reese. And as part of Jack seeing his dad, we find out that when he starts talking to Adam, he we get the revelation that this grey that everyone's talking about is his little brother. Mm. Great. Um, as it moves on, yeah. Owen tells Tosh that he loves her, but she doesn't like it because in her mind she's in a relationship with Adam. Uh, yeah. It seems like Gwen maybe remembers Reese, but later on she just goes, oh no, I can't remember him at all. Um, <laughs> so Ianto realises Adam is missing from his diary uh, for the last two days. You know, there's been three years, I think he says, in his diary, and he's not there at all until recently. <laughs> so they have a little fight in which Adam implants murder memories into Ianto's head, where he's now a killer. Yeah. So Ianto confesses murders to Jack. Jack refuses to believe it and interrogates Ianto with a lie detector, which says Ianto is yeah. not lying. But Jack refuses to listen, so he watches all the CCTV of Adam and realises in the past there's no evidence that Adam even survives. However, in all his interactions, because they've got the world's best CCTV system, uh, he touches people mm -hmm. on the arm and says, remember. Yeah, so just to unpack that a little bit... Um... I really hated the the Ianto serial serial killer memories. Um, that as being the route to foiling to to understanding Adam's ruse. It's because again, it seemed to be drama for drama's sake, not because it actually kind of made sense narratively speaking and you know I, I appreciate that this you know this is an episode that was written by a woman but I'm not keen on using violence against women in quite such a cavalier fashion and lest we forget like, it's not the first time Torchwood's done yeah. it yeah yeah yeah, I feel like if you are going to play that card, you make it count. You, you know, you you make it fundamental to the story you are telling to give it the seriousness it deserves. Whereas here it's tossed off and, and, and it's and it's literally just a bit of connective tissue to 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 get Jack to the point of sussing Adam's uh, uh, M.O. So, yeah, that didn't sit easy with me. Yeah. I don't know. It's just like a cheap way to get yeah, sad. Yeah, cheap it? is a very good word for it. Right. Yeah. Um, so Jack pulls a gun on Adam and ultimately locks him up. Uh, Jack says, um, if we all take this mind wipe drug, 
and forget the past two days, <sighs> then nobody yeah. will remember that Adam even exists, therefore he won't exist, and we'll have won. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so the the scene where they're taking the drug, Matt, I, I hate it so uh, much. Me too. I think oh, if, it... if, if we were devoid of any intellect at all, yeah, we'd have probably related to the character at some point and gone, oh, here we go. But uh, Honestly, I thought it, it taken in isolation. You take you take that that scene out and show it to someone who has no concept of Torchwood or Doctor Who or anything, they will think that it's taken from a film about a cult leader. Yeah, yeah. It it, it reads like a cult meeting with the, some charismatic leader basically persuading all his followers to take their own lives. Weirdly, that scene seemed somehow darker than the women murder scenes. Yeah, it certainly felt more yes. sinister, didn't it? Yeah. Also, I read the other detail I really hate. I don't know if this was, this was in the script or just a directorial choice. But when they're talking about their memories and they think a bit, and it's it's in voiceover, and then they say a bit of it out loud, and it's just like, can you imagine if you were in the room for that and everyone's just murmuring half a thought? Yeah. You know, completely disjointed. It was really weird as a choice. No, you, you say that, but I sometimes do that in my office. I'll just be working. I'll go, hmm, maybe I have bacon for tea, and then it's not inviting anyone <laughs> into a conversation. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It, it, the whole thing. It was. I thought it was just creepy, and. Uh, weirdly executed so whilst they're all forgetting everybody um, Jack's happy memory to remember who he is is playing on the beach with his dad and Grey Mm -hmm. and Adam interjects himself into that memory so if Jack wants to forget Adam he has to forget all the happy times with his dad yeah. And this is my low point. I know it was funny when he ran, but there's a bit where he's like going, no, the memory didn't happy, happen like this. And he's just like, mom, mummy. <laughs> bad actor. Yeah. Bad person, not, bad not actor. Good. Um, not good at but all. But Jack just takes the pill anyway, forgets his dad to kill yeah. him. And ultimately, when he opens the box that he's been trying to open all episode, weirdly, he struggled to open yeah. that box when it quite clearly just had a piece missing and a big hole to put it in. Um, yeah. Um, apparently, Jack didn't do many jigsaws as a kid. Yeah. He was too busy playing on the sands just... of the Beauchene Peninsula. <laughs> yeah. Um I don't know. And again, this is just... I don't want to hark on about Torchwood's rubbish procedural <laughs> um, issues, but um, the idea that you've got an alien artefact and that you'll just quickly try and activate it in an office with no supervision uh, 
no no means of recording it, no no protection, yeah. no idea what will happen if you manage to activate it. And, and then you down and walk away. And, and then it pro- yeah, and it, and it produces some substance that is presumably alien. You don't know that it's just ordinary sand. If there's anything we've learned in Torchwood, is that anything can be, like, in like episode two, they there was a gas that there was an alien gas that made people horny or whatever. Yeah. I, I forget. It was a while ago. Like, who's to say that that sand doesn't turn you inside out? Like, who's to say? But he just leaves it there. Just wanders off. Presumably doesn't tell anyone until Ianto comes around with a feather duster later. And it's like, ooh, what's Jackman doing in here? <laughs> I don't know. It It's a badly run organisation, that is what I'm trying to say. There is, there is a distinct lack of administrative rigour. Now, I've got great news, David. Yes. We, we've got another episode to talk about. Oh, my God. Whose idea was it to do two episodes a, uh, per pod? Um, is this you doing some sort of weird Adam <sighs> memory distortion where you convince me it was me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it was my idea, listeners. I'm sorry. Right, we're going we're gonna to whistle through this one. Right. Because I, I don't have a lot to say. So this is Reset, episode six of season two, that also debuted yeah. on the 13th of February, 2008. Okay. It's oh. written by JC Wilshire and directed by Ashley Way. David, what are your thoughts? Uh, it's nice that Martha's back. I have made a bit of a habit of saying this episode's not good. And I think it might still be the yeah. best Torchwood. Not the case here. Yeah. This was just bad. <laughs> just a bad episode. I, I don't know. I thought it would be okay for a while. But I, with hindsight, I think it was just... I, I think I was being lulled into a false sense of security by Freema Adjiman's lovely face. <laughs> I honestly think it was just that. Yeah, just... I kept looking at the screen, and there she was, and I was like, ah, here's Martha. It's going to be all right. I like Martha. Um, now, at the time, but, I wasn't yeah, a fan sure story. of Martha. However, yeah. you know, you take what you can get in Torchwood, don't you? <laughs> you? You really do. You really do. Right. So, again, this is the episode Reset. So, Torchwood yeah. are again hunting a weevil. <laughs> of course they are. Uh, where they find a body. Uh, somebody VIP yeah. visits Torchwood HQ, and as we've already spoiled, it is Martha. Uh, she's there. Yeah. Oh, oh, one thing I'll note is th- th- this: it's all shot peep show POV style, yeah. isn't it? That uh, OBC. Weird choice, especially as... They use, they use the POV stuff for like in-universe reasons later, in the episode. So why are they doing it here as well? Also, I, I'm sure this is discussed earlier in like series one. How how did yeah. she get into Torchwood HQ? Like whenever they go in, there's an invisible lift. 
But there's also a shop front. Yeah. Uh, I think so. The invisible lift is outside that big library building in Cardiff. Yeah. So what is the shop selling? Why would anyone meander into this shop? I do not know. I do not know. Did they get stray people just walking in? Uh, And the shop's an absolute magic barrier as well. I mean, to be fair, the rest of Torchwood's HQ is as well you know it's 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 a grim environment all around so martha's there because there's been a pattern of deaths uh several people have been found dead suspected of suicide however they all have the same puncture mark in their eye where they've been injected with hydrogen peroxide Uh, all their medical data is missing so we find out martha is now a medical officer at unit recommended by the doctor so he did her a little cheeky favor after she left yeah uh gwen and martha bond and become great mates almost immediately as another victim is found uh yeah and then at this point i've just put there is a montage where owen and martha do some awful science (laughs) <laughs> like yeah I, I i teach secondary school chemistry martha's supposedly a doctor yet she doesn't know how yeah. to use a pipette <laughs> a microscope they're just blasting yeah. microscope slides with liquid so they're sodden <laughs> So yeah, it's it's TV, isn't it? But they do deduce that the murders are injecting hydrogen peroxide to kill or hide something in the bloodstream rather than simply kill the victims. There's no yeah. immediate link between the victims. However, one wakes up in hospital, so Torch will go to questioner, and. One who has died, they interview his best friend. The one in hospital has been cured of HIV. The one who died was cured of diabetes. They were both treated at a medical research facility known as the farm. And when Marie, who was cured of HIV, begins to die, she just vomits up loads of flies. Yeah. Yeah. CGI flies, at least, well, though. So that's probably. I don't know why she swallowed a to... fly. Perhaps she'll die. <laughs> she does. She, she did. does indeed die immediately. Uh, so yeah. Torchwood go to speak to the head of farm, who's a chap called Copley, played by. Did you recognise him, David? I didn't bother looking it up, but I I looked at him and thought, I'm sure I've seen you in something else. His name is Alan Dale. He played Jim Robinson in Neighbours, back when Neighbours was really popular. Right. And he plays Caleb Cooper in The O.C. I can't remember. I've never seen The O.C. I saw him in something recently. He's in all sorts. Yeah, he's just one of those just jobbing telly actors, isn't he? Yeah, I couldn't tell you what I've seen him in unless I did an exhaustive trawl of his IMDb, but certainly the face was like, ah, oh, I reckon I've seen you in something before. <laughs> yeah. 
He's a bit of an everyman actor. He's in all sorts. Yeah. So it turns out that there is a drug that factory resets the body. And they're looking for somebody yeah. to volunteer. So Martha offers. She says, well, I'm a medical expert. I'll be able to deduce what's going on. So she enters herself for a clinical trial. Uh, yeah. Tosh asks Owen out on a date. That seems to be the story arc this series. Them two. Oh, God. Yeah. Uh, and he says yes, which is nice. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because they, 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 was it the last episode or even the one before it where she tried to ask him on out, out on a date and he hadn't noticed? Yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah. And then this kind of picks up that thread, doesn't it? What I mean, uh, what, no, not we'll, we'll avoid the spoilers for the end of this episode for the moment. But in that moment, like Tosh and Owen as an item, like is that a thing that you'd be remotely interested in seeing? Do you think it would work? You would benefit the show? No, I care so little, David. Um, yeah, why not? Good, <laughs> That's the thing, good, isn't good it? on them. Good yeah. luck to him. It couldn't make them less appealing as characters, no. could it? No. So, Martha does a bit of snooping about, finds out about the mayfly, so this insect that cures people. Um, at that point, something breaks out of the facility. I wonder what that could be, as we're immediately told about the mayfly. Uh-huh. Um, we do finally get a link between all the murder victims. They were test subjects at the farm. Uh who would have thought yeah. it? So once Martha sees a giant mayfly, she gets darted. Yeah. I mean, credit where it's due. Excellent CGI on the giant mayfly. Really holds up. Does it? <laughs> I'm being very I'm being very I facetious. You're trying there. to be generous what? there. Um, no, it's shit. Yeah, it looks worse than the bloody Slovene. Yeah. Right. Um, where are we up to? Gwen prevents the final test subject from being assassinated, whilst Farm found something special in Martha's blood. It's been altered by uh, untemporal radiation from her travelling in time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Owen and Jack begin to interrogate the farm assassin. And then, I didn't really know what to put here, but so I just put, he has bug guts. So, he does a bit does a bit of coughing, <laughs> yeah. does a bit of bleeding, and then he just, I don't know, like, farts out a big mayfly. <laughs> yeah, well, because uh, Owen's trying to use that, that device, isn't he? Yeah, he's got this That's... super laser scalpel it... that... Yeah, that can basically can erase something on 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 you know that's inside something else without damaging the exterior. So obviously, would be enormously beneficial to medical science if such a thing existed. Um, but yeah, in this case, he just he accidentally just Cronenberg's a bloke. Yeah. Um. So again, at this point, I was making a cup of tea. So. I wasn't that focused. Um, <laughs> right, so, okay. 
uh, I've written Tosh works out how I, to. Get I mean, in. I I was working on a spreadsheet, so we'll so we'll find out between the two of us which of us was paying better attention. Tosh works out how to get into farm using a remote control cart. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Right. Uh, I think that's about good. I, I, right, I was just yeah. looking for validation. That's exactly what happened because I was just. I think so. Yeah. Right. Uh, so Torch would break it, uh, break in. Martha's been implanted with the bug, so Owen successfully yep. uses the laser scalpel that killed the assassin this time. Uh, Jack wipes yeah. out all the computer systems so that Farm can't progress and continue doing what they do. Then Copley just mm-hmm. pulls a gun out and shoots Owen. The end. Yeah, yeah, that happens, doesn't it? I didn't. I didn't. I didn't make that last bit up. Yeah. So you know when we're talking yeah. about through threads and how we're missing them this series, I'm guessing next episode's yeah. going to focus on that. Yes. Um. So. I I've obviously over the years I've I've not gone out of my way to look up torture and spoilers. Uh, I was aware that Martha was going to show up at some point, mm-hmm. so I'm I'm glad that we've we've managed to tick that off. Um, I wasn't aware of Owen dying, and I can't help but feel that maybe that's because it's it's a fairly impermanent state of affairs Un- until next episode, where someone objectively says that's it. In fact, no, because. There was a whole episode where they brought back a dead member of the team last series, and so, no, yeah, it. yeah. Well, that's the thing. He, you know, he's just having a nap. That's the thing. Like, it it comes so soon in the series. If it if this was like the penultimate episode of series or something, I would think, okay, maybe they have some tender flashbacks that they shoot with him for to get him in the final. Uh, in the finale for the series, and the actor basically just wanted out and had other projects they wanted to do. I would, I believe that they might be gone, gone if that was the case. Mm-hmm. But what if I tell you that the very next episode we will be discussing is called Dead Man Walking, and the one after that is A Day in the Death. Great. So, two. Two episodes back to back that reference death in the title, and one of which explicitly refers to resurrection. Um, well, it's fine. We're on the downhill now. We'll be back with Sarah Jane and the we are. before we know it. Yes, you know. yes, we Tosh will indeed. A load of old uh, and I'm very much looking forward to it. I'm sick of it. But Sarah Jane Adventures yeah, it, is just round the corner. Yes. And that is, at the very least, a bit of wholesome fun, isn't it? Um, so, uh, but yeah, so it's those aforementioned episodes of Torchwood. Next episode, folks, do join us for that if you're not utterly sick of Torchwood already uh, and or me waffling on about progressive rock bands from the 1970s. But until then, as always, thanks ever so much for listening. Until next time, cheerio. Bye now. Thank you for listening to Neither the Time Nor the Space. 
If you wish to contact us, our email address is timenorspacepod at gmail.com and on Twitter we are at timenorspacepod. And thank you to Alexander Urban for his smashing arrangement of the Doctor Who theme.